Another episode of Threads of Enlightenment. As usual, you guys know I love to take this space right here and give honor to our guests because I, be, I feel they're coming with a couple of things that are very expensive. Time, one of the most precious commodity given to mankind, 24 hours a day, every one of us have it. So we cannot uh, argue with the other person about they having more than us. It's how we utilize that time and recognizing the value of it. That will say much about you. The other is the journey. The journey housed so much. Usually pain, joy, uh, disappointment, highs and lows. But it's beautiful and it makes us who we are today. And we want to welcome Adrian and thank you for coming to sharing both precious commodity here with us at Threads of Enlightenment. Welcome to Threads. Thank you so much, Ken. It's a, it's a true honor to be here. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much for coming. Uh, tell the people the way by which you are serving others. How do you reach out and connect to others? Yeah, so I'm serving in uh, a couple of different ways. So I, um, my skill set is buying and selling businesses, and I've used that to build a children's education group in the UK called Spectacular Group. Um, we've grown quickly. Uh, we're currently, uh, yeah, sitting at about 20 employees. We're, we've just turned three years old um, and we're educating just uh, just under 10,000 uh, under five-year-olds every academic term, uh, academic term, sorry. Um, so that's been a real pleasure to use business in that way, like as a vehicle to be able to contribute at that sort of scale. Um, I've also been on a, a, a fairly sort of steep and uh, twists and turns uh, journey mm. of self-discovery and personal development as well. So um, I find myself in a place where I I'm completely out of the day to day of my business and I spend my time helping others to uh, to elevate their own lives and to to deal with problems, whether they are sort of addictions, alcohol um, you know, to help them get to where they want to go in life, which is all things I've had to overcome to, to get where I am today. Yeah, that's usually the case. And <laughs> I tell people, uh, when you find someone to help escort you from where you are into that next space, make sure that they've been through some stuff. If they yeah. haven't gone through some stuff, I'm trying to keep, keep it clean, Adrian, because, uh, you know, the kids might be listening to this, but, you know, <laughs> they have to go through some stuff. And when you go through that stuff, you're familiar with the the dark places so that you can be able to assist someone. So what we do usually as our custom is to go back into that first space by which we get a chance to reside for a few years. And that is our family. That uh, unit has a way of uh, depositing, if you will, some stuff into us that will guide us and form you and I for a major part of our life. Introduce us to your family, invite us there so that we can get familiar. How was your family unit? Yeah, growing up, we had a, um, we had a lovely childhood. My, uh, my mum and dad, I, I would probably, well, in terms of their backgrounds, I would say sort of lower middle class. Um, we grew up with a happy household. I have one younger sister. Um, we very much grew up with a work ethic instilled into us by my dad, not 
not sort of a um, in a dominating way, more by he was setting the example that because yeah. he worked so hard. Um, yeah. It was more from what we saw. But then on the other side was my mum, who was a stay-at-home mum, who was very much, um, she doesn't care what we do with our lives as long as we're happy and as long as we don't, um, as we, I mean, her words were, as long as we're not bums, so as long as we're not uh, just, you know, signing up for, for state aid and for no good reason, like we had to work, but her biggest yeah. priority was that we was happy. So the combination of the two, uh, I feel, gave us a really good foundation for, um living a, a happy but you know a, a working life like we want something yeah. we have to go and get it yeah that's some good uh principles to learn as a young individual um as one is beginning to walk through life if you will uh, mm. uh so learning those principles are always a good thing so if you're moving through your life Aiden, you're heading in high school how are you hanging out with the boys what type of relationships were you having with the outsiders outside of the family and also you how were you managing yourself within that um you know that arena if you will yeah so as i uh, as i was growing up I, I always had i had a good circle of social friends um uh, sorry a good social uh, excuse me a good social circle uh, but as i moved into uh, sort of senior school which is, mm -hmm. um, you know, how we term it here, I started to become a little bit more of a lone wolf and uh, my weight escalated quite significantly. So by the time I was 15, I was um, severely like overweight. I was obese and that compounded that problem. So I found myself not wanting to connect with people as much as I could have and, you know, arguably should have in those yeah. in those years. And, I, and they were spent very much in a in a place of self-reflection and uh, yeah. just trying to figure things out as a sort of 14 year old, 15 year old. And I yeah. stayed there until just before I turned 16. So I had a good, I had a good sort of three or four years in that, in that place. In, at what which took point you there, I came... Adrian? What, what, what was the catalyst? Forgive me for in, in, interrupting. No. Why did you become the lone wolf because before that you said you had a pretty tight uh social uh, uh network if you will what caused you to become that uh lone wolf it's such a great question because it was a complete 180 and i just felt this i just remember feeling this strong desire of i wanted to be by myself so i could mm -hmm. Like have the headspace, have the bandwidth to to try and figure stuff out and to observe yeah. and uh, more a place of contemplation rather than rather than anything else. And you know that's very hard to do when you're surrounded by 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 others. Yeah, and by teenagers. <laughs> teenagers, yeah. And I, I also found myself I didn't have much in common with a lot of. A lot of my friends, as we grew up, when we were younger, yeah. we had loads in yeah. common, um, climbing trees and, all, you know, all the stuff that, yeah. that young boys sort of get up to. But as I started to go into my teenage years, I found myself, I was, I could connect better with people who were far older than me, mm -hmm. the starters. I've always been the same and I'm still the same now to some degree. Like I, I tend to yeah. get on much better with my elders and I respect 
the experience and the perspectives of elders and I've just never really shared the desire to always be doing the things that people like my age were doing yeah so. yeah yeah so as you were desiring initially to um, to become more uh, introspective and uh, to began to ask the questions if you will and it morphed, morphed into the sense where you started to physically change in the weight coming on. Um, with this particular choice within this young man, because this is a, a purposeful choice of wanting to become more and gaining the additional weight that the outsiders, of course, are going to begin to uh, um, uh, rub at you a little wrong. How did you manage yourself there, Adrian? Because that is a tough place for a young individual because he wants to know, he wants to ask questions, but these physical changes are happening. Those outside, of course, are not sensitive to that. And they're going to say things that can begin to damage you, if you will. What mm -hmm. was those conversation happening and how did it affect you? Yeah, I mean... I so in terms of how did I manage myself, I very much kept myself to myself. So if I could hide, like, like so many times I, you know, I wish I could just you know be the wall rather than in the room. Yeah. Like I, I just, yeah. I just didn't want to to be there or to be seen. And I would do anything and go to all lengths to to not be seen, essentially, yeah. and to, um, to stuff like that. And with the like when I was engaging with people, because I was quiet because I didn't put myself out there I never really uh I never really invited any I, I, I didn't invite too much on unwanted criticism I'm sure stuff was mm. sort of being said but it wasn't you know I couldn't hear it so that was yeah, yeah. that was fine but I also found um I wasn't like the um I wasn't like the um the kid everyone picked on I wasn't really bullied at school I yeah, always found yeah. that people uh like even like the bullies they're but I, I don't want to say respect because i don't know if that's what it was but they just like left me alone and i knew that mm -hmm. they were consciously leaving me alone i don't know why they did that because yeah. other people they would um sort of pick on but i never had that they just yeah they just left me alone really yeah and as you're moving through life and you're heading towards the uh your college days or your um why did you pick the field that you did? Uh, where did you go? Did you go into the field or did you went into a working space? And why did you go there? So my career has taken many twists and turns, uh, many twists and turns. Yeah. And I, as I sort of entered into my, my latter teenage years, I just couldn't, I couldn't see myself living a normal life in the sense of, uh, and I'm sort of, uh, uh, yeah, generalising here, but I couldn't see myself going to the office every day, nine to five yeah. for the next 40 years. I just, I just couldn't picture that. But I didn't know what I wanted, wanted to do. So I tried things and I tried a lot of different things. Um, mm -hmm. And I always had the perspective, even at that age of, if I try something and I didn't like it, why would I keep on? doing it like I was on a yeah. I was on a discovery and my parents could never understand that so my path looked like um I finished college I wanted to drop out but my dad 
convinced me to to see it through for the two years. Um, I then uh, joined a bricklaying company as an apprentice mm-hmm. bricklayer. Uh, after about ten months of there, I decided that wasn't for me. Um, I became very depressed during that time, and so I then found myself going to university to study construction management. Again, I couldn't see myself doing that, and I I dropped out of that uh, three weeks into the yeah. into the course. But I'd started a business at university, which uh, sort of led me to stay in there for a period of three years, running this business and building this business um, as a student, but yeah. not a student. And and what caused you to be depressed for that time period that you were there? What was it? Those that uh, thought patterns or uh, way by which you were moving and, and acting uh, in your life that made you or caused you to have those um, that depressive mentality. You remember what it was, Adrian? Absolutely, it was uh, it was a it was an identity crisis. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people talk about like a midlife crisis, but I believe we have identity crises yeah. at various points. And very common for, you know, teenagers, people in their early 20s to not know who they are or where they fit in the world. And that was me through and through. Like I sensed I had, I sensed I had this huge potential, but I didn't know Mm -hmm. how to, I didn't know how to apply it or where to apply it. Um, And I didn't really know where to go. Yeah, the business, how did you see it? Um, How did it enter into you and say, let me create this space and you were there for several years as you said how did that came about it came about so it was i've always been quite entrepreneurial and um i had started to dabble in internet marketing prior to going to um uh, to university and I, Mm -hmm. i kind of knew some very basic stuff but i got it working for me and so when we joined uh or when i joined university it was just, I just saw an opportunity and I thought this yeah. could be fun. Like this could be fun and I'd like to give this a go. And then it it just gradually evolved and I was there for three years. And by the end of that, it was, I mean, it was a, it was a business in its own right, even yeah, though yeah. I hadn't really like, yeah, I don't know. I was still, I was still in my early twenties. I was still trying to have fun, but and, you yeah. know, like all the stuff that early 20 year olds do. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, it just brings in the money so that you could party. That we've been there. <laughs> well, well, we used to run the parties, so it started yeah, off as, a, as an advertising, like student advertising, just before Facebook. We put up a website and used to get students to um, like upload all the photos of them out, and then we'd go mm-hmm. to the uh, local companies and say, "Hey, do you want to reach the student market? Where you know you can advertise on our website?" And then that evolved to. Uh, by the end of it, we were running four, the four main student nights uh, in my town in Reading wow. um, every week. So we were running the yeah. parties and it was, yeah, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a friend of mine uh, from London, uh, we ran the parties for many years out in our yeah. So um, here you are, you're moving through um, this young man, entrepreneurial mind, seeing um, what one ownership and that type of uh, spirit uh, of, you know, that you have as you're moving through life. Um, And you mentioned that you are one that is constantly trying new things. 
while you were there and you're looking at your future, if you will, what was those thoughts that were uh, moving you forward uh, from that particular um, space where you're at with, with school, you got that first gig, what pushed you and where did you go? Yeah, so I, I knew I wanted to, I knew I wanted to have a business. I knew very quickly that I didn't want to continue the student business because I didn't want to be in my thirties or forties and still, you know, still live in that lifestyle of a, of a, of a 20 year old. Um, yeah. <laughs> but I felt that there was, uh, with my whole like twenties and my career ahead of me, I felt that there was room to go and get some, uh, like to, to develop myself, to develop my yeah. skills. So I joined a, um, an IT, uh, recruitment company purely on the basis of, I wanted to learn how to sell to small businesses and mm -hmm. I quite like the idea of that environment and I liked the, the income earning potential as well. So I joined a local company, I joined as a trainee. I, I progressed quite quickly, uh, but after 18 months, I just, I just, again, I just couldn't see that as my yeah. future. I just couldn't, um, yeah, it wasn't, it was a stepping stone rather than the home, you know? No, yeah. What was that thought pattern when you were looking into that and you were saying, you're having this conversation, I can't do this. Um, when you were there, because I've been there, I remember much of my space being in there going, what am I doing? Where am I going? That type of stuff. Um, what was motivating you, Adrian, and uh, that kept pricking at you to, um, to not to be stagnant, if you will? I tell people complacency, mm -hmm. complacency can become one of the biggest enemies and uh, of the self. And when it comes to self-growth and all of those type of things, when one becomes complacent, you can become stagnant, stagnant and stagnate uh, um, water, as they say, all kinds of bugs are in there. Next thing you know, you're, in a, you're having a piss over life. So here you are, you're moving, um, and your mind is obviously... Um, not settled yet, if you will, and your thoughts as you're looking into your future and you're, you know that this is not where you're going to be, you're squatting, if you will. What direction, what thought patterns were you having? Uh, where were you going, Adrian, when you were there mm. in, your, in your mind as far as life? I remember very clearly, and I, I mean, I'm, well, I'm actually, I'm 38 years old tomorrow. Um, so Congratulations. Uh, thank you so much. Um, yeah. But I look back on my on my 20s and the majority of them were quite dark. So yeah. my mindset at the time when I was, you know, at the end of these 18 months, I was still coming through that depression. I still hadn't yeah. kicked that the whole time I was building the student business, like on the surface, I was having the time of my life deep, you know, inside mm -hmm. and it was completely broken. and. Um, there were points in there when I was uh, nothing short of a, of a recluse, still not, yeah. still not going out, which is the big contradiction when you're meant to be promoting these these yeah. student <laughs> nights and all things. Yeah. But when I when I was in the recruitment role, I I really I I moved you know I moved through the company, but I was I was really struggling inside at the same time, and so when I started to think. Or at least realize that my future wasn't there and someone has i was speaking to someone and someone planted the idea that maybe that wasn't 
where I was meant to be. And as simple as it sounds, I hadn't considered that. I just sort of yeah. assumed I'd be there. And someone was like, well, maybe yeah. that isn't the company for you. I was like, oh, yeah. Like, I hadn't really thought of that. But I was still in a heavy place mentally and emotionally. I was, I was um, still dealing with that depression, still dealing with everything that came with that. And I found myself, um, you know, certainly picking up from the student days, like excessive drinking, just that self, um, self sabotage, but more so that I just, I didn't like who I was. And so that was the basis I was coming from. But at the same time, I recognized this very strong desire, like a real deep um unshakable desire to have a life of, of meaning and of purpose and for yeah. me that didn't necessarily mean but that couldn't be confined to a job or to a yeah. career it was about i wanted to contribute i wanted to live a life worth living really but i had absolutely no idea what that looks like yeah. and so that's that essentially came together the depression which was sort of driving it because I didn't want to feel that way anymore plus that mm-hmm. desire to uh, live that life of purpose left to me doing uh, a fairly significant amount of traveling so um, I, I had traveled between my period of leaving uh, college so like higher education before university uh, in yeah. the UK and going to my bricklayer, bricklayer apprentice I had traveled Europe during that time and uh, seen quite a quite a bit of Europe, but and I had a great time doing that. So that was like the the last bit of like happiness, I guess, before the depression started. Yeah. Um, and so I felt that if I went off traveling again, I might be able to get back some of that happiness. So I I ended up um, heading to the south Southeast Asia, um, mm-hmm. over to uh, Thailand, and uh, yeah, just like went on a search for myself. Is the only way I can really describe it. Yeah, when you were traveling and you said that you were happy traveling, what was it about traveling that kept you in that space of happiness, if you can put it? Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to distinguish this because when I was traveling Europe, the first time I went traveling, <clears throat> I'd never mm-hmm. felt happier in my life. Yeah, And I can, and I can remember thinking this is going to be one of the happiest times of my life, like make the most yeah. of it at that time. It was the, yeah. free, it was the freedom, it was the the self-discovery it was the discovery of all these new places and peoples and languages yeah. and history everything that came with that i absolutely loved that when i went traveling like the next time that was a very different place i was essentially running away from myself and i yeah. didn't want to confront those problems that were like inside of me those challenges and i felt like going to the other side of the world somewhere um hot where i've previously loved traveling and exploring all of these yeah. fascinating new cultures was the answer and it wasn't because when i got to thailand i basically got a um like a wooden sort of like hut cabin uh fairly yeah. close to the beach and i locked myself up i did, i rarely came out i i just wow. locked myself up and i don't really know what i was doing in that period and I would have stayed there had it not been the fact that I wanted to um I wanted to be in Sydney for New Year that was the only thing that got me moving from that place otherwise I think I'd still be still be there now Ken um (laughs) so yeah so I was coming at this from a very different place 
with complete contrast to the time yeah. before. Yeah, and you see this um, the thread of depression uh, mm. where it is that companion that is there with you. How did you begin to deal with this companion? Because we all have to, at some point, begin to have a conversation with um, those things, that, for lack of a better word, our demons, uh, uh, the things that um, uh, most people say run to it and all these terminologies. But in my case, what I did, out of my fear and, and all the different things that I was going through, um, I remember having conversation. I would sit down and invite them to dinner and have a serious conversation. I would be actually talking to myself and, and, and uh, walking myself through asking the questions as to why are, why are you feeling this way? What is it that you are seeking? And I would really have these deep conversations uh, with this imaginary me um, across from me. And once we would uh, complete these conversations, it pretty much helped me to begin to grow, if you will. What were the tools that you were bringing into your space, Adrian, to help you to manage because mm -hmm. that, uh, that companion, even after you've learned to manage them, are still there walking with you. And from time to time, they'll say, hey, what's up? You know, okay. so uh, what did you bring into your space to help you to manage, uh, if you will? Mm, I love this question. So um, there's one tool that I brought in, which is my most prized possession in this world, yeah. like everything else uh, is is relatively sort of meaningless, like from a material perspective. But uh, this this tool was I started to journal. And so yeah. I, I started journaling, it was, it was September, I was 20 years old, just as I was like, I'd moved out of the bricklaying stuff, but I, I had to find this outlet for how to start and process these emotions. And I found myself like, writing pages and pages I, I remember going to sit in a coffee shop and um people next to me saying oh what are you studying I'm like yeah what do you mean like are you is this your dissertation i'm like no this is my journal like it like <laughs> i just had to do it so my so my journal has um and obviously there's like lo like loads of like yeah loads of like the book like loads of journals but they have been with yeah. me ever since and um it's it's quite it's quite sad in a way um you mentioned about my family earlier on so yeah uh my mum and dad after 43 years of being together have just are just going through a divorce and they're moving mm. out of their uh like the family home and um over the next couple of weeks i'm going over to pick up all my stuff from like something the, the loft like his uh, stuff from when i was yeah. a child but i'm really excited to be picking up the boxes and boxes and boxes of journals from that period yeah. and being able to yeah to, to actually spend some time going through them and to, to kind of see where i was at but that that journal was a lifesaver for me it was a way of processing emotions processing yeah. people, particularly when i wasn't really talking to anyone <laughs> yeah yeah it's a powerful tool it may not uh, seem as if it is there is a few tools that one can invite into their space that are very simple yet profoundly powerful journaling is one of them meditation is another yoga practice is another those are all all of it and i tell people all of it is a form of meditation including journal 
Friend one journals, it's you become this channel by which you are uh, communicating to self. Um, it is a powerful uh, medicine that you are getting a chance to uh, execute all of those thoughts that are jumbled and you're able to put it forward and empty oneself, if you will. And as you're emptying oneself, you are healing in many ways as you're moving those uh, emotions, those words are emotionally charged from you inside onto a page that you can later take a look at as you are about to go back in <laughs> and see where emotionally you were and certain spaces in your life. And it's a powerful tool, it's as simple as it is. Adrian, uh, journaling is one of the most powerful tools out there to bring into your space to help you walk through all the pain as well. You know, well, so. journaling, has, journaling has, has given me a number of things. So it's helped me to process the pain and to process the thoughts. Um, I remember when I was at university and, and uh, building that student business and being just utterly depressed and not wanting to go out. I remember very early hours in the morning, to stay up so late then, very early hours in the morning journaling and coming to this great insight, which was, I was like, why don't I just, like my, my, I've got some family who live in the Caribbean. I was like, why don't yeah. I just go out to the Caribbean, um, learn how to sail a boat, start a little business, taking people out on boats and just live a, just live a, an easy, chilled life. And I remember yeah. having this insight saying, it would be a life wasted, like there's so much more there. And so I've had a lot of great insights for that. But also I've like the, the one of the best things, if not the best thing I've got from journaling is that it's developed a where I am now, I have such an implicit level of trust with my in, my intuition and my instincts yeah. and that spiritual connection because I've yeah. I've physically seen it. So if yeah. I've had a hunch about a specific situation and I write it in my journal and then two months later like the situation plays out and I go back to it I'm mm -hmm. like that hunch was right and so it's developed yeah. this 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 strength almost where that has allowed me to sort of go in blindly into situations purely following my instincts and has led me to, yeah. to some remarkable remarkable places but it never would have happened had it not been for the journaling yeah, it's one of the most powerful things. This is, um, as you're talking about, I remember reading the Bible, there's a part in the Bible that says, write the vision down so that those that read it, including yourself, <laughs> you know, it will be able to guide you and so forth. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's a powerful tool. So here you are, you, because uh, on the onset, you mentioned a powerful um, business that you do and uh, the audience that you speak to, um, the young ones. And so uh, to, to go through all of that and then to be guided into there, because the theme of your life um, that was pushing you was that you wanted to be, you wanted to be uh, a life of worth to something. I want to do something of value. As you're moving through your writing, your journaling, you're gaining insight, you're becoming more familiar with you, you're learning and you're becoming um, more um, in tune with yourself and your writing. As you are looking now to you and you're looking outside of you, uh, 
um, where did all of that begin to guide you? You have the entrepreneurial mind you're mm. pouring out. What was the call and what was that tug that began to pull you into the uh, the arena that you are right now, Adrian? What was it that transitioned to pull you towards that direction? Mm -hmm. So when I was traveling, I... Like I said, it was a it was a pretty dark time, um, very reclusive, and there's only one thing I can really like like looking back on it, say that I pulled out of it, which was a, a very clear insight that it, for me it wasn't so much about the business. I just I felt this inherent desire to build. I just wanted mm -hmm. to build and which made a lot of sense to me, which is why I found myself gravitating towards being a bricklayer and then um, yeah. going to university to study construction management. And I've been accepted to study architecture, but I felt that wasn't for me like the length of, of time needed to, to qualify. Um, and then with the business, like I just wanted to, to build. And, and again, it was coming from that insight of, yeah. I want to build, I want it to, to be in the form of a business because I was fascinated with how business could be used for social purposes, not yeah. just for making a profit. And so with those sort of two insights, I, I came back to the UK and I, I just started, like as soon as I had that insight, I didn't really, I didn't waste any time. I think I came back within a couple of weeks of, of, yeah, okay, this is what I, what I want to do. And that started mm. a new phase of my life. This was going in sort of the, the mid to latter parts of my twenties where I, um, like it was still a tough, tough time, but I had moved through quite a bit of this depression by now. And I yeah. started to face some of those in the demons. And it was funny because I was, it was still quite early in my awareness, but I was starting to connect that when I was sort of facing and overcoming these inner demons. That was when everything would sort of move forward. Like across yeah. my life, everything would move forward. And I've seen that happen again and again and again, actually. Yeah. Like every time of what it sort of led me to an insight of, you know, success is subtraction. You know, it's taking yeah. away that stuff that holds you back. And so, yeah, but that's where it started. It was just this strong desire to, to build, but to build with, with purpose. Yeah. And that is, uh, there's nothing like finding one's place in in uh, the universe. Um, mm. I would tell my children uh, to find your purpose and be purposeful. If it's a if your purpose is to be a garbage collector, be the best. Find mm. a way by which you can take it to the next level. And uh, they would look at me, and I told them I said because when one does that and you find your purpose, you can be in that space for that 24 hours, for 26 hours, and you don't even know you're there. Everyone else will look into you and go, wow, aren't you tired? And you're looking at it going, what are you talking about? Not recognizing that when you find your purpose, there's strength there, there's your energy, all of those things there. But it's just like any other thing, one has to go and uh, on an excavation of a journey of some sort, to find it, to locate it, because we are been uh, programmed to behave a certain way. And what you're feeling and what you are using as your compass is different from what the program has been, the programmers have been telling you all your life. 
And so it's going to be a little messy because you are learning about you. You're learning to trust your intuition. You're learning some stuff. And it's never going to be, be a linear line. Uh, personal growth is never a linear line. If it was, uh, everyone would have gotten there without any fuss. Everyone would jump on mm -hmm. the same train, you know, but it would be boring. You wouldn't know who you are anyway. So here you are, you're learning all these different things. And you came back and you knew that it was building and you began to do that. Um, as you are doing that and begin working on your, your uh, progress, and I always tell people, when you start that and you do that, you'd be amazed at the people that are coming into your space because uh, it's been waiting, you have been waiting on you to make mm -hmm. a decision to do something. And once you have made your decision, there are always those that are on the outside that are there to help you, to assist you, but they can't move until you move. And so talk to us as when you made that move and then you started seeing those that were coming in to assist you to take it to that next level, if you will. Mm. I mean, so I came back and started building, uh, started building, yeah, a business. And um, it, it started to, you know, I, I, I attracted a few clients and that was, that was great. I was, I was just offering marketing. I wanted to build a marketing company. Um, mm. I say, yes, I, I don't mean that in, you know, uh yeah um so i started uh building this business and i certainly started to attract clients i attracted some very interesting clients to that but i started to come up again uh against hurdles again that were sort of self-imposed and self-inflicted yeah so i can see it clearly now looking back but um I, what i was coming up against was i i wasn't a very good like i call it startup entrepreneur so yeah. I needed a team. I needed to be in a team to make startups work, which is exactly what happened in the student side mm -hmm. of things. They had, you know, loads of friends and students around me who were all quite happy yeah. to pitch in for a free drink or drinks. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> yeah. that wasn't the case. Uh, that wasn't the case this time. And so I was constantly coming up against the wall because of the lack of, uh, like, lack of skills from my side, like certain skills. I had some of them, yeah. but I didn't have all of them and so that led to a period where yeah i mean I, I i had 12 failed startups just constantly like trying it thinking that it was the business that was yeah. the but rather rather myself and it was only when i made the decision to get into the world of buying businesses which I'd always like, I'd always wanted to do since I was a teenager. There's no like logic as to why I felt that urge because I didn't know anyone yeah. else doing it, uh, like buying businesses, turning them around. I didn't know anyone. There wasn't any like famous celebrity CEOs or anything doing yeah. it. Yeah. It's a really weird thing for a, a teenage boy in uh, in England to want to do. But I just felt that that desire, and when I did, that was when things started to click into place for me and I yeah. and I found that my skills were a lot more applicable but I really want to emphasize that all of that period so I said in my as I was sort of turned 30 when I got into the world of like buying businesses but um all of that period leading up to that that was almost like the clearance because there were so many yeah. issues of like the inner clearance and so many issues yeah. that come up I guess like and I found myself I found myself wanting to do these things from a business perspective, but I couldn't because I was 
I had this issue I needed to deal with, like a personal issue. And so, yeah. but when, when certainly when we went to buy businesses, like the right people, the resources just came to me. They almost just fell on, like fell into my lap. Yeah, that's awesome. I know on the onset, um, you had mentioned that just recently, a couple of things began to, um, some turbulence, if you will, um, came into your life and began to shape you or reshape you and cause you to become a little more of a, uh, a deeper, uh, as you say, investigator of yourself. <laughs> what were some of those things that you know, stepped in, uh, those turbulence that began to walk in and began to reshape your perspective as to who you are and, um, and how do you relate to others as a result of this reshaping? Mm, so, my so so in terms of this year has been the hardest year of my life without yeah. question we've had a series of major life events happen within the period of like weeks so um my uh so my partner uh vicky we were uh well we were married at the end of july mm-hmm. um so we had a marriage coming up um but unfortunately a few weeks before we got married. Vicky's mum passed away very unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Um, on so. top of that, the my latest acquisition started to go sour, and it mm-hmm. turned into this ferocious. And it's still like ongoing to some degree. Like it's starting to come to an end now, but it, into this ferocious, uh, almost unbelievable series of events uh, yeah. in the in the business where. Um, you know, I had, uh, I remember one Friday afternoon in June, had Vicky's uh, brother on the phone to me saying, you need, uh, Vicky needs to get to the hospital now. Um, it's really important. And then my phone also going off with a client who, when I finally called them back straight after that call, spent the next 45 minutes just shouting at me down the phone. Um, and I remember just thinking, is this, is, like, is this worth it? Like, what's, you know, what's more no way yeah. got to be more yeah. to life than this like my yeah. priorities are not there then um yeah then the week leading up to my wedding i found out that my younger sister had a uh, breast cancer um mm. then we had yeah. a honeymoon uh which was sort of three four days and then coming into uh august we had but well, there was more stuff going on with the business my parents who have been uh, as i mentioned sort of in the process of getting divorced like they're moving out of the family home. So there's like 25 years of, of like history and Street. stuff. There. Yeah. So I've had to be quite hands-on helping with that as well. And, and there was, there's was a few other things where it was just one thing after the other, but I felt like that whole time that there was two things really. The first one was that I felt like I was aware enough having been through what I've been through through my twenties and the yeah. earlier part of my life. I was aware enough to understand what was going on. I recognized yeah. this situation for what it was. I recognized that this was the uh, this was a catalyst and an opportunity to yeah. change and to grow into that next like that next phase and next person of 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 me. And I didn't know what that was at the beginning, but it became very clear quite quickly into that. Yeah. Um, so that was the first thing, and the second thing as well was the like with the journey I've been on, I've always had a, a strong emphasis on 
personal growth and personal development and particularly yeah. when i started to face up to those inner demons and i've i've always prized and highly valued that um and i found that how i structure myself and how i've used that to to essentially create a rock solid foundation in myself that was what got yeah. me through this period because i just don't feel i would have had i not had that and i've all of a sudden found like people like again sort of coming to me saying yeah how are you doing how are you living essentially how are you growing the business so quick how are you dealing with all of these situations with a smile on your face and you're still getting a you know more done i don't just mean in terms of productivity but you're still living life at a high level and it is yeah. and i've sort of come to this place where i've started to share that quite openly and that's been um responded to very well so uh yeah it's <laughs> Yeah, that's a, um, one of the things that I try to encourage people because darkness is always, uh, will come. We have seasons in life mm -hmm. and, uh, the darkness I tell them is to make you aware that there is more and not to be, um, of course, when it comes, one steps back for a little, uh, because it comes, I mean, we are human beings. And, uh, but once you make your adjustment, you have to recognize the purpose of all of it, um, and you in the purpose of all of it. And when you have that type of perspective, I tell, I, I would always educate people that you are not going to stay any longer that that is necessary mm -hmm. because you recognize the purpose of it all. And once you have that understanding, you'll be able to navigate a little more. You will be less depressed, less uh, um, hurt, uh, wounded, these different things, terminologies, emotionally wounded and so forth. But once we recognize it, that it gives us an opportunity for a greater uh, understanding of ourselves, understanding of those out around us, our close ones. Um, and so we need to allow the pain to educate us and not to break us, but to educate us. And one must live, as you mentioned, you became and you were aware. You you have to be in that state of awareness, like you had mm -hmm. said, uh, Adrian, that you recognize this place before. And because you recognize this place before, you were able to respond accordingly. And you have to be present in order to that. If you were in a weak state, if you will, it could have caused uh, an overload that could have uh, dislodged you and cause you to go back into that state of depression and stuff like that. But you recognized it. And because you recognized it, you're able to manage yourself better in and through and from it. So you guys that have been listening to us, all of you, I know uh, many of you may be in that dark place. And Adrian is here talking about how one can escort themselves out. He has some information. He has some knowledge. He has some insights that he can um, bring to you and offer you so that you can be able to navigate that space because it is a treacherous terrain, if you will, if you are not aware of it. And so uh, there are landmines there, the depression, um, uh, 
tremendous pain, all kinds of line landmines that someone has gone ahead and are aware of where it is located. And they can ask you the questions that will help you direct you through so you'll be able to come out on the other side. Here you are, your family has been and is going through some changes and you're about to take that journey to go back home and kind of delves in back into the past to see this young man um, within the pages. And you mentioned that you're excited to get there to, to bring that. While you're here, Adrian, and all of this, the whirlwind is happening around you, all of it. it the, it is constantly moving. How are you managing you right mm. there? So there has never, ever been a more tur turbulent <laughs> time in my life, like ever than yeah. this year has been. But I've equally never felt more grounded and never felt more uh, centered and yeah. That is because of the way I, the way I manage myself, and fundamentally, that I've come to a level of of, of an awareness now where I prioritise my growth, my personal growth above everything else, because I fully yeah. recognise that, and I've been in this place, I've been the opposite, where if I'm completely depleted, I can't be there for my family I can't be there yeah. for the business so you, you you can't so above everything else I prioritize I prioritize myself and what that looks like so I get up at 4am every single day seven days a week 52 weeks a year I'm up at 4am and I spend the first three hours of the day focused on me so I read I meditate I visualize and then I exercise and I have a number of other activities I do and what I've found is that whereas before I was waking up and I may be like a level three or level four version of myself, but I'm going straight yeah. into dad mode or work mode, then I'm carrying that level three or four energy throughout the rest of the day. I'm waking yeah. up, albeit earlier, but that time is building me up. So come seven, seven thirty in the morning. I'm coming back from the gym, I'm coming back from my exercise, and I'm like a, a level eight, a level nine yeah. version of me. And what I'm finding is that I go into I go into my day, I am a significantly better father. I'm a significantly uh better uh like entrepreneur. And um because I filled myself up so much during those hours every single day, anything that comes, like I recognize it as a problem, but I I've got a high a heightened sense of clarity and confidence and um I know that well the problem's a problem. You just have to, you know, you, you, you sort of address it. Um so it's had a very profound impact. So with all the turbulence going on the outside, because I've invested that time first thing in me, it's given that that feeling of centeredness and ground like groundedness to it. So that's essentially the secret source and that's part of this like um this huge change that's gone on because as i've had a lot of people approach me over the past sort of 12 months saying how are you growing a business in this way like you've gone from nothing to a you know a very sizable company when it takes people decades 
to get there and i and so i start talking about like buying businesses and stuff like that and that's fine like that's very sort of teachable but what i very quickly realized was that that's not it it was how i was is everything that came before that is how i was handling myself that was the that was the secret sauce that's the trick and it and it's so applicable to everyone and it's so simple as well you know it's just so simple it it is simple but difficult for many peers and i always give them the example if you're on a plane and the stewardess will tell you if there's anything wrong and the oxygen you know (laughs) drops put it on you first exactly before you put it to the children the programming is no put it on the children first but how are you going to do that if you can't even breathe you can't see you can't you know so it is a hard thing to grasp but it is the right way one must take care of the self first as Adrian talked about his um, habit uh, with himself, his commitment to self is that he is up at a certain time and he has three hours. That's his. And based on his interaction with himself, he is now able and prepared to deal with everything and anyone that comes. Mine is the same. I control my day at my meditation. That is teaching me about energy, boundaries, and all of these things. And when I stand up and I go before others, I have already put up my boundaries. And when their situation arises, it's amazing, Adrian. It seems to show up in slow motion in a way mm-hmm. when it comes. And because it's, it's in a slow motion type of fashion, I am hearing all the different things and able to perceive it and give a clear answer. And many times when I was working and I have my staff, I would tell them, I will get back to you in a minute. And I would go away and go and meditate at final corner. And I would begin to meditate about that situation and I would get the clarity and I would come back a few minutes later and they were always surprised. How did you figure that out? the answer is always within us, but we have to learn to um, spend time with ourselves. <laughs> so mm-hmm. here you are. Uh, you are. Uh, you just gave them, as you said, the secret sauce. And I hope you guys are, you heard that. Um, and I tell people there are two types of people, the listeners and the ones that hear. I heard, uh, I hope you heard what he said, because if you hear it, it will change your life if you're just listening you'll miss it and you, you you need to play it all over again. Um, Adrian, I want to thank you so much for coming to Threads of Enlightenment. This has been an enlightening conversation. It is one that is very powerful seeing this young man in his journey uh, with himself, learning who he is, uh, overcoming depression and all of the other uh, monsters and thoughts that we uh, give birth to. Um, in the mind that began to uh, show up and question who we are and you overcame them all and you're standing here in the midst of the uh, cyclone that is happening around you and your family and you're able to guide others and I want to thank you so much for coming here at Fred's in the 
thank you so much again i i'm truly honored to uh um to be here and i just yeah i just love the conversation it's uh yeah it's it's very enlightening and yeah it's just a great honor thank you thank you so much for coming